Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. In Parshas Korach, we read of a rebellion against Moshe Rabbeinu, led by Korach, of course, and two of Korach's fiercest accomplices are Dosan Vaviram. And at a certain point in the narrative, Moshe Rabbeinu goes to Dosan Vaviram to try to appease them, and they rebuff him in a very rude manner. And then we read the following in Perak Tes Zion, Posek Tes Vav. And Moshe was very angry or very upset. Uh, what exactly it means that Moshe Rabbeinu was very angry? I don't, I cannot accept the idea that he was angry the way I sometimes get angry. I, I think it means something quite different, but that's for another time. But Moshe Rabbeinu was certainly very upset at the way he had been spoken to. And so he said to Hashem the following. Do not turn to the mincha of these people. Now the word mincha, usually in the Torah, refers to a grain offering, a korban made out of flour. Here, um, it would be very unlikely to explain it that way because there was no korban mincha being discussed in this parsha. We'll see how Rashi explains it more specifically, but it is a korban of some sort. So Moshe Rabbeinu is asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please do not turn to the korban that belongs to these people, to these rebels. Not the donkey of any one of them have I taken. I never took a donkey from any one of them. And I have not dealt badly, I have not harmed any one of them. Now, before we even see Rashi, there is a very obvious question on the Pasuk, or on Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah, how does the second part relate to the first? It would seem that Moshe Rabbeinu is asking, do not turn to their korban, do not accept their korban, because, but now let's see what the because is, what's the reason? The reason is, I didn't take any of their donkeys. That sounds like a very odd reason. Uh, he should have said, because these are terrible people, because they're rebelling against me, because they're rebelling against God, because I never took any of their donkeys, sounds like a very odd reason. So what I'd like to do in this shear is to go through this rather long and complex Rashi here, several Rashi comments, and try to understand them. And I think ultimately we can come to an explanation of how the two parts of Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah fit together. Let's begin. Al-Tefen el Sam. So Rashi is obviously um, uh, faced with the question, which mincha, which offering are we referring to in this Pasuk? So he says, according to the simple meaning, hakteris. We are refer- Moshe Rabbeinu was referring to the k'teris, to the incense, shehem makrivim lefanecha machar, that they are going to bring before you tomorrow. Moshe Rabbeinu had issued a challenge to them that the 250 leaders of Korach's rebellion should appear the next day in front of the Ayomayid, in front of the Mishkan, and each one should bring 
Ketoris and burn it for Hashem. And Aaron should also appear there and bring Ketoris. And we'll see whose Ketoris does Hashem accept. So Rashi says, we're referring here to that Ketoris, Al-Tefen Eleho. Rabbeinu was asking of Hodesh Baruch do not turn towards it, do not accept it. Midrash Aymer, but then Rashi says another explanation. The Midrash says, I know that these people, these accomplices of Korach, they have a portion in the Korban Tamid of the congregation. From where does Moshe Rabbeinu know that they are part owners of the Korban Tamid? Because every Jew, every year, contributes a machzis shekel to the, to the Mishkan or the Beis HaMikdash, and with that money, the the uh, the officers of the of the Beis Hamikdash purchase animals, which will be used for the communal korbanos for that year. So these rebels also they have a portion in the Tmidate Sibor in the congregational Tumid sacrifices. So Afchel their portion in the korban Sibor in the korbanos Sibor. Please let it not be accepted in front of you. For goodwill, let it not be accepted. Let the fire of the mizbeach leave it aside and not consume it. That will be a that will that will that will be how it looks that it is not accepted. The fire of the mizbeach should not consume the part of the korban that belongs to these people. Let's continue, and then I will ask a bunch of questions all together. Now. As we will see from Rashi, there are two ways to read these words. You could read it as You could put these three words together. Not one donkey have I taken from them. Or, alternatively, alternatively, I'm not sure how to take, take away that coloring, but you could put the two words Echad mehem together. You could read it like this. echad mehem Not the donkey of any one of them have I taken. So is the echad referring to the chamor, not one donkey, or is the echad ref- going together with echad mehem, the donkey of any one of them I have not taken. So let's see how Rashi interprets. echad mehem natalti. Not the chamor of any one of them have I taken. Rashi clearly wants us to read Echod Mehem as one phrase. Not the donkey of even one of them have I taken. Now, why is Moshe Rabbeinu talking about taking donkeys from them? Where did that come in? So Rashi explains. Even when I went, I traveled from Midian where I had to, to, where I had to, to whence I had run away from Paroi in my youth. Even when I went back from Midian, to Mitzrayim in order to rescue the Jews from the slavery in Mitzrayim. And I put my wife and my children on a donkey in order for them to ride with me back to Mitzrayim. And I could have taken that donkey from there, from them, meaning I could have sent a bill to the Klal Yisrael, to the communal funds of the Klal Yisrael. You owe me the price of one donkey, or the rental of one donkey, because really he was going on a mission for them. So really he could have demanded payment, 
for that chamar. But loy nataltiv, eleni shali. I did not take that donkey except from my own. I used my own donkey, my own expense. So that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about donkeys over here. He's saying that I, even when I had an opportunity and I had a right to take a donkey from them or to charge them for the use of a donkey, I didn't do it. And now Rashi goes and he explains the Targum. He says, Shecharis, the Targum, the Targum Onkelis, the Aramaic translation of the Torah, when it comes to this word Nasasi, I took, so the Targum doesn't, uh, uses an unusual word, Shecharis. What does it mean, Shecharis? Lashen Arami, this is an Aramaic word. Kach Nikris Anagria Shalmelech. This is what the Anagria of a king is called. Anagria is the king's privilege, the king's prerogative, that he can take certain things from communal funds, like when a king has to raise an army. He doesn't raise it out of his own pocket. He doesn't pay the soldiers from his own money. That can be charged from, that can be raised from communal funds, from taxes. Shachvar, the Aramaic word for this uh, royal prerogative is called Shachvar. So the Targum says, I didn't take even one chamor from the communal funds as a royal prerogative. Even though I was riding on the chamor, I, I needed the chamor because I was on a mission for them, but I didn't take it. Now, let's go back and raise a few questions on Rashi. I mentioned as we read the Pusik that it's not so easy to understand what this word mincha sum is referring to because there is really no discussion of a korban mincha in the whole story of Korach. And Rashi says two explanations. First, he says it refers to the Ktoiris that the uh, allies of Korach were supposed to bring. And then he says that it refers to the korban tamid. Which was an which was animal korbanos was uh, was sheep two in the one in the morning and then one in the afternoon. So, it's not clear why Rashi. Uh, it seems like Rashi said the first explanation, that it refers to the Torah, and it seems like there must have been something about that explanation that he wasn't satisfied with, and therefore he he brought in a second explanation. But it doesn't seem like the second explanation uh, answers the question any better than the first. The question still remains, the question still remains that the word mincha usually means grain offering. It seems like that question Rashi didn't, he didn't deal with that, why it's called mincha, even though it's really not a mincha. It's just that he had two different explanations. Is it k'toris or is it korban sibar? So the question remains, what was better about saying that it's the korban sibar than, than saying that it's the mincha. That's question number one. Question number two, Rashi makes it a point over here to that it should not be read, that the words over here should not be read, uh, it should not be read, I didn't take one chamor from them. Rather, Rashi makes it clear that it should be read, no, I didn't take a chamor from any one of them. Okay, this seems to be a, a grammatical um, clarification. The question is, does this really contribute to the shot, to the whole meaning of the Pasuk? Is it really so important 
whether Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, I didn't take one donkey from them, or is he saying, I didn't take from any one of them a donkey? Seems like a, almost a piddling, insignificant matter. Third, why does Rashi bring in the Targum over here? Rashi's job is not to explain the Targum. Rashi's job is to explain Shute Shomikra. I didn't give him that job. Rashi says that that's the job that he took upon himself. So why did he here wake up at the end, end of his, all of his talking about this Pusik, and he tells us an explanation of an unusual word that is used in the Targum. And of course, as we said before, there is an overriding question about the whole Pusik. What is Moshe Rabbeinu getting at over here? He's saying to Hashem, please don't accept the, the Korban from these people, seemingly because I didn't take any of their donkeys. What, what's the connection? Let's go back and try to answer these questions one by one. The first question is, Rashi said a first explanation, min chasam, refers to the Ktoiris. It seems like there's something about that that he was not satisfied with. And he went on to say that, no, the word min chasam refers to the portion that these people had in the Tmidate Sibor, in the Korbanais Hatzibor. What's better about the second shot? Uh, the Sefer Be'er Mayim Chaim, written by Rabbi Chaim, the brother of the Maharal. I've quoted it on occasion before. Explains that if Moshe Rabbeinu here is referring to the Ktoiris, that the 250 accomplices of Korach were going to bring the next day, so he says, that's obvious that a Kodesh Baruch was not going to accept that. Here are people bringing a special Ktoiris for the sole intent of disproving Moshe Rabbeinu, of, 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 of disrespecting Moshe Rabbeinu, and claiming that Moshe Rabbeinu does not do what a Kodesh Baruch Hu tells him to do, but he makes things up out of his own little mind. That's pure rishos. That's pure evil intent. That's obvious that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is not going to accept that korban, and that's why Rashi was not satisfied with his first shot over here, that Moshe Rabbeinu was asking that that korban, that that Torah not be accepted. Rather, Rashi preferred to say that we're talking about the Korban Tumid. The Korban Tumid, the Chelek, the portion in the Korban Tumid that these people had, you do need a prayer. You do, you do need to daven that that should not be accepted. I mean, they, they paid for it. They gave him access a shekel, like every other Jew. They become part owners of this Korban. Uh, I mean, it, it should be accepted. The truth is, um, it's in halacha. It's it, it is it is discussed. I'm not going to go into it, but it really it's uh, not so easy to understand the second shot in Rashi either. How could you have a korban sibor if you're excluding certain people and you're saying these these ten people or fifty people or two hundred and fifty people their portion should not be accepted? That that's not really the normal. Uh, that's not the normal way that a korban sibor works. The normal way that a korban sibor works is is that it's one korban that belongs to the entire Klal Yisrael. Everybody's included. But in any case, the reason why Rashi preferred this second shot is because there's a very good reason why Maishu Rabbeinu had to daven for this. Because if you wouldn't daven for it, the, the simplicity is that uh, these rebels, uh, the rebels that they are, but they're part of Klal Yisrael, and they paid for their portion, and therefore their portion should be accepted. There's nothing wrong with the portion. 
it's, it's, a, it's a kosher korban, it, it fits all the requirements of what a korban needs to be. It should have been accepted. It's only because Moshe Rabbeinu is, is davening and is asking, so therefore perhaps it will not be accepted. That's his prayer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. it should not be accepted. I would like to propose that the rest of Rashi, everything else that he says here, is really an attempt to be mechazek, to strengthen this second explanation of Minchasam, that it is referring to the Tmidei Hatzibor. And it goes as follows. The first thing is, what is Rashi really aiming at with this clarification? That Rashi makes a point that it does not mean it doesn't mean I didn't take even one chamor. Rather, the word echod goes together with the word mayhem. I didn't take a chamor from one of them. What's, what's the big deal? There was a sefer called Maida Lavina. Maida Lavina was written in the late 1700s, early 1800s by a, a German-Jewish grammarian and scholar named Wolf Heidenheim one of the great grammarians of the last few hundred years. And Heidenheim speaks about this Rashi at length. And he contends that there is an essential difference between echod mehem, this phrase over here, leichamor echod mehem, that means one thing. And a very similar phrase at the end of the Pasuk, achad mehem. Now, Superficially, doesn't seem to be any difference. Why this is vocalized echad and this one is pronounced achad, I don't know why. I mean, that's on the superficial level. Heidenheim claims that he knows why. And this is, he, he, uh, he explains this uh, very much in depth. I'm only saying over a, a part of what he says. I'm not quite getting into the uh, profound uh, point that he's making, but he says as follows. There are two psukim, that he points out to us in Sefer Shmuel Aleph. One Pasuk is in Parsha, in Pasuk Eperik Tes, Pasuk Gimel. This is our first introduction to the character named Shaul, before he became king. It says, There were some female donkeys that belonged to Kish, the father of Shaul, and they got lost. So Kish said to Shaul, his son, Take with you one of the young men, and get up and go and seek out these female donkeys. Go, do me a favor, find the donkeys. And he told them to take Now, based on context, uh, one would say that means any one of the Noorim. Not that the father didn't specify exactly which servant he should take with him. Take achad mehanorim. And that's how Heidenheim explains it, that when you have the phrase achad mei something, it just means any old one. So the father said, look, take one of the servants. We have so and so many servants, but just take one, take any one, and go look for the donkeys. That's this Pasuk. However, we find later, when Shaul was already king. And it came to pass that Shaul one day was not feeling well. He was feeling very down. 
Chol caught a case of the blues, we would say. And someone suggested that perhaps if they would play some music for him, he would feel better. So it says here, Vayan Echod Mehanorim. Here you see it's spelled differently. Echod, not Achad, but Echod Mehanorim. One of the young men, one of the servants of Shoal said, Vayoymer, and he said, Behold, I have seen the son of Yishai who lives in Beis Lechem. In other words, David. He is a person who knows how to play on an instrument. He knows how to make music. And he is a strong soldier. A man of war. And he is a person who understands things. And he is a person of an impressive appearance. And Hashem is with him. Let's go get this fellow David. And he's a very good uh, harp player or whatever instrument it was. And he will play some music for the king, and the king will feel better. Here it says, Echod Mehanorim, and Rashi, quoting Chazal, says, Miyuchad Shebehem, the, the particular, the best of all the Naorim, the unique one amongst the Naorim, Doyeg HaDoimi. This is a very famous and important person, a very great person who got into trouble later on, but Doyeg HaDoimi. It's a very important, unique person, So Heidenheim explains that this is the essential difference between achad mei. When you say achad mei something, it means any one of them. Achad mei anoorim means any one of the boys. But when you say echod mei anoorim, it means the one, the unique, the special, the special one of the noorim, which in this case referred to doyekadaimi and explains Heidenheim that that's how we have to understand this Pasuk also. Lechamor, let's do it backwards. The end of the Pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I have not harmed Achad Mehem. I haven't harmed any one of them. No one in particular. Just any one of them. Pick out any one of these people who are rebelling against, against me. I have never harmed any one of them. The beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah, it says, Echod mehem, loichamor echod mehem nosasi. means a donkey of the unique one of them. I have not taken. Who is the unique one of them? So Heidenheim explains, it doesn't mean a unique person from amongst them, but it means there is a corporate body. There is a there is a U.S. Treasury only. This is the Klal Yisrael Treasury that represents all of them together. And Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, I never took a chamor from that treasury. And on that, Rashi continues to explain. First he says, Heidenheim says that what Rashi means to say is, I didn't take a chamor from the unique corporate body of Klal Yisrael. I never took a chamor. And now Rashi explains, Even when I went from Midian to Mitzrayim, and I drove my wife and my children on the chamor, on a donkey, and I could have taken that chamor from their funds. What do you mean from their funds? From, from, whom, from whom in particular should he have taken the money? He should have taken it. I could have taken it from their corporate body, from the treasury, of Klai Yisrael, from the communal funds, 
but I didn't take. Elamishali. I took a donkey of my own. That's the point that Rashi wants to make with this little grammatical tidbit. Loichamor, not a donkey, echod mehem from the unique body that is formed from them, from their communal funds. He's trying to tell us, and, and, and by doing this, he is explaining why Moshe Rabbein is talking about donkeys all of a sudden. He's saying, when I had an opportunity to take donkeys from them, I didn't do it. I could have taken a donkey, or I could have been reimbursed for the price of a donkey from the communal funds of Klai Yisrael. I didn't do it. And that's why I believe that Rashi continues by mentioning the Targum. Not because he is interested in the Targum per se. He is not writing a commentary on the Targum. There are commentaries on the Targum. That's a very noble pursuit to explain all of the Targum. That's not Rashi's job. He's bringing in the Targum here because the Targum supports his point. Shecharis, the Targum, instead of, instead of usually the usual word for Nasasi, which would probably be in Aramaic Natalti or Natalis, but here the Targum uses the word Shechoris. Kach Nigris Anagria Shalmelech. This is what the royal privilege is called when the king uh, takes things of value from the communal funds, which he is entitled to, that is called Anagriya Shalmelech, Shachvar. In Aramaic, it's represented by the letters Shin, Ches, Reish, in its various uh, declensions. So all of this, I believe, Rashi is trying to, now coming back to our original question, how does the whole Pasuk fit together? I think Rashi really is telling us. We just have to wake up and notice what he's telling us. Rashi says that which is the mincha that Moshe Rabbeinu is asking a Kodesh Baruch not to accept? It is the Tmidei Tzibor. It is the communal korbanais. And as we said, Rashi prefers this pshat because if you'll say it's referring to Ktoiris, if it's referring to the Ktoiris that these Rishoyim are bringing for the sole purpose of showing up Moshe Rabbeinu and showing up HaKadosh Baruch Hu So then that's obvious that's not going to be accepted. For that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have to pray. Rather Rashi preferred to say that the Mincha that Moshe Rabbeinu is asking that it should not be accepted is referring to the Tmide Hatzibur, to the Korban Tamid, which is something that these people did have a legitimate chalik in. It was, as we would say in modern Hebrew, it, it, they deserve that, that the Korban Tamid should be brought, and it should be brought also on their behalf. They paid for it. They paid their portion. And on this, Rashi now continues to clarify and to support his point by saying, you know why Moshe Rabbeinu was davening that the portion that belongs to these people in the Korban Tamid should not be accepted? Why he davened? and how he supported his contention that 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 which they deserve, they should not get, is because what he, Moshe Rabbeinu, had a right to demand from them, he didn't get, he didn't take. He's saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hashem, according to the letter of the law, when the Korban Tamid is brought, it should count for these rotten, miserable people also. They paid for it. They have a portion. But I'm asking you, please, don't give to them what they deserve. Why? Because what I deserve to take from them, I did not take. I really deserve to be reimbursed for that chamor that I used.
to travel from Midian to Mitzrayim. Really, I had a royal privilege to take it because I was using the Chamor in order to go back to Mitzrayim and to rescue them, but I didn't take. And therefore, I have a right to ask you that you should not give to these people what they deserve. I think with this, we can put together the whole Pasuk and see how Rashi is explaining. Going back to one point that I made before, I mentioned that it is really um, difficult how Rashi could say, how we could understand that Moshe Rabbeinu said that uh, the portion that these people had in the Korban Sibor should not be accepted. How is that a Korban Sibor? Perhaps we can say as follows, at least a little bit. Um, Of course, I don't have it queued up over here. Mm, why don't I see it? Anyway, there's a Midrash Rabbah, there's a Midrash Tanchuma. Rashi, Rashi is quoting here the Midrash Tanchuma. If you look in the Midrash Tanchuma, I'm quoting it here by memory, but the, the Midrash Tanchuma says that uh, the Mincha, the Tzmide Hatzibor, that they have a chalikin should not be accepted. And the Midrash, the, the Tanchuma adds in a few words because these people are going to be destroyed. I wish I could find it here without taking too much time. Um, all right. I'm quoting from memory and I'm not quoting very well, but the, 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 if you look in the Tanhoma, it sounds like perhaps that what Moshe Rabbeinu is doing is he is asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to throw these people out of the Klal Yisrael. And in fact, we find a Pasuk that says, that the people, the accomplices of Korach were lost from the congregation. So perhaps that's halachically how it works over here. How could Moshe Rabbeinu say, that there'll be a Corbin Seber, but, but this, this, and that person are not included. How is that possible? Perhaps the answer is because he is asking that they become not part of the Seber anymore. If you're part of the Seber, your portion, what you own in the Corbin Seber has to be accepted. That's what a Corbin Seber is. It's, it's one for all and all for one. It's one Corbin for everybody. But if Moshe Rabbeinu could ask a Kodesh Baruch Hu to expel these people from Klal Yisrael, Perhaps that's how it works, that there could be a Korban Sibor, and yet these particular people would not have a portion. 